Translation is very important to the building and the news that I've made around this past week had shown to all of us the very importance of foundation. Some say pray if the foundation is destroyed. I mean, there are a lot of advice because it seems to be like a question that I've been left unanswered. But my advice is if the foundation is bad, it's either you stop the building or you go back to the foundation. And the most important thing is to go back to the foundation. Open your Bible with me into the book of Hebrew chapter 6. Hebrew chapter 6. Okay, let us read from chapter 5 and verse 12. Okay, I'm going to read verse from verse 11, 5, verse 11. It says, was talking about Melchizedek, that of whom we have many things to say and hard to be altered, seeing that you are dull of hearing. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one should teach you again, which be the false principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk and not strong drink, meat. The Bible said in verse 13, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong men belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And chapter 6 verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance, from dead works and faith towards God of the doctrine of baptism and laying of hands and resurrection of the dead and eternal life. Praise the Lord. Now, the church, in the book of Hebrew, have been exposed to the personality of someone called Melchizedek. And the writer of Hebrew gave us some very deep insight into that functionary that personality called Melchizedek as relating to the order of priesthood that Christ had inherited praise the Lord and we have all been blessed by that snippet now the consequence there was that the writer of the Hebrew he drew certain information about Melchizedek there were more things that God wanted to say or write about Melchizedek that would have helped us a lot. But we have been deprived just because the writer of Hebrew perceived that the people he was writing to were dull of hearing, so he could not say further. Now, it therefore means that God can withhold information from you just because you didn't understand the previous one he said. So you can imagine if the Hebrew writer had been allowed to say so much about Melchizedek, how the entire church today would have been blessed. But the church that the Hebrew writer was writing to, because of their immaturity, is that when you ought to be teachers, you have somebody else to teach you. And because of that, a generation is actually a loss. Are you getting what I'm saying? Who knows what you will have said about Melchizedek. 
So God can keep information from you. He can keep revelations from you. He can keep a whole lot of things from you. And by implication, your sons, sons, your children, children, and the people that are also within your circle of influence. Not because God intends to do that, but God, as much as is prodigious, is not wasteful. Are you listening? There is no point pouring more when the people cannot even pick the foundation. So it's important that we understand foundations. Many of us call ourselves Christians today. We don't even know what it is to be a Christian. We quote, if any man be in Christ, we don't even know the implication of what it is to be in Christ. And a whole lot of stuff. There are people here who don't even understand what the, who the Holy Ghost is. And then the, the importance of baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Some people are even appalled when they hear people speaking in tongues because they believe that the last person who spoke in tongues cheated them. You understand, or broke their heart. So speaking in tongues is not, you know, a very fine, I mean, index of somebody who is actually a child of God. And because of that, they've kept themselves away from the benefits of that blessings and gift of God. Because they don't know. And if you continue with the razzmatazz and a whole lot of teachings in the body of Christ today, you will hear all kinds of teachings, some of them at a very high, you know, frequency you don't even understand. You can get excited because everybody's getting excited and the energy of the grammar that is being marshaled, you know, at expressing some of those deep things, yet you don't understand because you don't even have the foundation. Praise the Lord. So, you will hear many things and not understand them because there is no foundation. It is difficult for me to understand mathematics because on basic foundations, I just didn't like it. Are you getting And mathematics begins from foundation. You remember? As simple as multiplication table is, as simple as this, it formed the foundation of how you are going to do with simultaneous equation, with algebra, with calculus, and as simple as 2 times 1, two, 2 times 2, 4, 2 times 3, 6, as simple as it is. It forms a foundation. When you see some calculations, you are not checking at the back again. You can imagine at secondary school, you are not checking again. Two times, okay, four times, okay. You are not coming. I mean, the foundation was not laid. So foundations are important to be able to enhance our understanding of the future. Praise God. So I'm going to begin with a new birth, the new birth, the new creation. There are two kinds of God's creation, unique creation as far as human is concerned. Two, just two. And one of them is Adam, which is the Adamic creation and the new creation. God created Adam. He was the first creation. And the second one is the new creation. Look at the neighbor say the new creation. When God created Adam, Adam was the head of the human race. Now the Adam that we have, that we see in the Bible deprived us of so much because he did not even enter into maturity before he fell. So the Adam that we knew, that we understood in the Bible, is actually a failure. That is the honest truth. Because if Adam was even, if he made progress in his spiritual journey with God, and then maybe later failed for some reasons, it would have impacted on our knowledge of the last Adam. The first Adam did not really give us so much. You understand? Who was a figure of that that is to come? 
Yet that figure, that shadow was warped, was not even clear, was hazy, was just all shades of hues without any, you know, borderlines to be able to reveal his stature and, you know, and a whole lot of things about him. So we don't really understand the last Adam because there are two Adam. The Bible talks about, you know, first Adam and the last Adam, the last Adam being Christ. Those were the two unique creations, the creation of Adam and the new creation. And the gap between them is thousand years. Four th- look at the number of 4,000 years. Between the first creation according to biblical account and the new creation is about 4,000 years. Now if you have your Bible, Psalm 102 verse 18 it says, this shall be written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Another version says, a people yet to be created it says, this will be documented for a generation to come, a set of species, a different kind of people that are yet to be seen on the face of the earth. And here the Bible says they were yet to be created. It therefore means that the new creation did not exist. All through the Old Testament, the new creation did not exist even when Jesus was alive on the earth. It did not exist, exist because the Bible says, they were yet to be created. And talking about Zion in Psalm 87 verse 5. And of Zion it shall be said, This and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. So there are people born in Zion. They were born into it. They were not carried to Zion. They were born inside of Zion. And this is also making reference to the new creation. So there is the Adamic creation and there is the new creation. And somebody here belongs to either of the two. You can be the two. You are either an old creation or the new creation. Praise the Lord. By implication, when we say the new creation, it therefore means that there is an old creation. So your neighbor could be an old creation. Praise God. Look at Johnny Wazi, are you a new creation? Or are you an old creation? Now, you need to understand that Adam was in God's agenda, a man that God gave preeminence over all of his creation. As far as the earth is concerned and the heaven is concerned, I mean, light heaven because there is deep heaven. Praise the Lord. I mean, there is deep heaven where God is. But there is, I call it light if there is deep. And there is light heaven. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? God gave him dominion. When God created Adam, he gave him dominion over everything that creepeth on the earth, over everything that, you know, that fly, you know, in the sky and all of that. God did and gave him dominion because the infiltration of evil was on the earth but yet could not penetrate the realm of earth, but it was there because Satan, according to the book of Revelation, had been cast down to the earth. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he know that he had limited time. So the devil came, and then because he had limited time and the Bible said he had great wrath because his judgment day had been set and he knew that he would not go to that place alone all by himself. He would drag the image of God with him. You need to know that the battle that Satan has for mankind is to be able to hunt God. 
Because man was created in the image of God. And that is why worship that a man offers is the most important worship to God. Because it's another God that is worshiping God. So anytime we submit to the devil and we worship the devil, you understand, it's something that hurts God because that is the image of God. Maybe we do not understand what image is until you see your little child bowing down to your dog in worship. Then you will know how offensive it is to you if you see your own dog bowing. Let me even not go far using animal. If you are a royal person, you know, you're a billionaire, let's say, for instance, and then, and then you have helps in your house. I mean, working with you, who are, you know, helps the servants and all of that. And then one of your sons, maybe the help, the one that is, you know, to take charge of your business and all of that. You just see that hair, you know, becomes the errand boy of your help. You know, there's this kind of offense. You're not saying be proud to your help, but you understand. You see that he's not functioning the way he should function. It hurts you. So when, anytime you see human being, you know, being, I mean, depriving themselves of their, of, of the benefits and the investment of God in their lives, especially when we bow to the devil and we bow to material things and all of that, it hurts God. It hurts him. So Satan is getting at God by hurting, by making human, you know, that by deceiving human and also afflicting human. He's just trying to get at God. Because angels are not like us. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? I was asking my wife yesterday, I said, why did Paul say that we are going to judge angels? I mean, that's a question that, you know, that needs attention. I mean, why would God, Paul say we are going to judge angels? Now, the kind of angel Paul is talking about that we are going to judge definitely are not the angels who are in alignment with God, are the angels who had walked out of alignment. Whether before now or now, we don't know, but Paul said we will judge angels. It therefore means that God confer authority on us, you understand, to be able to deal decisively with any other being that is not in alignment, who had walked out of alignment with God's plan and purpose. I mean, you can imagine angels that are swift in their movement, angels that are limitless in their wisdom, angels that are powerful, and yet man will judge. That is the reason Satan may not be afraid of Michael. But it can be afraid of David. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Because the authority to deal, to deal with angels is not in Michael. To deal with Satan is not in Michael. It's in a human. So when a human exercises the authority, then the angels, other angels can go out walk. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? I mean, that's why Satan can go into the presence of God, you know, and do anything that he likes. Because judgment is reserved. His judgment is reserved in man. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When Jesus showed up on the air, they started crying. Have you come to destroy before all the time? These were demons who are... If you go step out there, don't let me even say in this, or if you step out there, and in the realm of the spirit, there will be a lot of angels, and there will be a lot of foul spirit. And everything is just walking there. It's a realm. Everything is just moving. But the moment a man says, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind, and the activity starts, because the authority to create that is in man, it's not in the angels. That is why the Bible says that angels, are they not ministering spirits? Who shall be, you are sent to become the heirs of salvation. 
who are to minister to us, who are sent to us, who are heads of salvation, to minister for us, to minister to us. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, that level of authority that God has given over, that level of creation, shows that man truly was made in the image of God. Because only God should be able to exercise authority over the things he created. And yet God says that man should exercise authority over the things that he created. Somebody listen. That is the image of God and is to function like him. So Satan will do everything to get your loyalty. Satan will do everything to make sure that you are not submitting to God. Satan will do everything to get your service, to get his lordship over you, to do all of that. Because as long as he does that, it gives him like an opium. You understand? It's feeling important because you may not see yourself as the image of God, but he knows you were created in the image of God. Are you listening? So Adam occupied a very important role in the agenda of God as far as heaven and earth is concerned. And what Satan did was that he went straight onto Adam and what he wanted to do was to be able to make Adam walk out of alignment with God so that he can penetrate. That information was not, you know, given, I mean, I mean, was not so much given to, 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 to um, Adam. He didn't know so much about the consequences. All he knew was, was that he would surely die. He didn't really understand the gravity of that death. So God said in the book of Genesis, he said, in the day of, that you shall eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, you shall surely die. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest of it you shall surely die. Now the weight and the import of this statement did not dawn on Adam until he fell. He had never known shame. He had never known nakedness. He had never known fear. He knew these three things. And this kind of knowing is not knowing that you read. It's an experiential kind of knowing. So he knew them immediately. And let me tell you, those were just the beginning of it. So the death that God said Adam would die was not a physical death. It was a spiritual death. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And you need to settle that in your mind. That when God said Adam would die, what died was a spiritual death. And spiritual death means that his spirit was disconnected from the original source. That is spiritual death. It means your spirit, when Adam was created, are you listening to what I'm saying? In the image of God, God made him a spirit, gave him a soul, then gave him a body, then he became man. And God had told him that the day that you do this, you will surely die. So set you at the back of your mind that the death was not physical death, was spiritual death, even though he died about 930 years later, that death was made possible because he died first spiritually. Are you listening? So, when Adam died, now if he died, and then he just died without even giving birth, it would have been good. <laughs> Amen. But he died he had given birth and produced children. Now the consequences was that Adam by design was to produce children who will be conformed to his image. So by the time he began to produce children, he produced children that were also spiritually dead. In the, in the plan of God for creation, 
there was no other child of Adam that would have been able to occupy the stature of Adam. Adam was a unique creation. Every other person born of Adam will have been subservient as it were, like the body of Adam. Adam will have been the head of all humanity. And he will have been elevated into several levels and statues with God to be able to carry out more functions in the plan of God. But he was caught short because of that disobedience. So we were not going to be another Adam. We were just going to be the seed of Adam. Are you listening? The same way in Christ, we cannot be Jesus. Are you getting me? So you will have seen us. Let's assume. Let's just play. That Adam did not die. Adam gave birth, you know, to children. Many of us will, have ex- will be exercising dominions over the fowls of the air, over the fishes of the sea, in our localities and communities, and taking charge and doing all of that. But there will be one Adam. That anytime God wants to bless humanity, he will bless that Adam, then it will, you know, get through us from him. There will be one Adam, and every other person will be born and, be, and conform to the image of that Adam. That is the principles of headship. God does this thing. He will take one person and bless the person, impute the person, design the person, installs everything in the person, and the person begins to multiply that which God has done inside of him. And let me tell you, because of God's principles of headship, anything he does, every other person bears the consequences of it. The leaders of these people have caused them to err, and the people that are led by them are destroyed. So that was what happened in Adam. Praise the Lord. And because God had said that the soul that sinned shall die. The soul that sinned shall die. So when Adam sinned, Adam did what? Die. And the Bible says, for all have sinned. All. Meaning that everybody that came in from Adam, that Adam, Adam produced after, died. So, but you see a newborn baby. You say, oh, this is a gift from God. It's a life. That baby died. Spiritually from the point he was given birth. His spirit was separated. So all of us. So the sin. That brought us. To that judgment of death. Was not the sin that you and I had committed. All the bouncing banners. You have stolen in your secondary school. Laboratory. Amen. And all the things that you have done. That was not the sin that would send people to hell. Because what God did was that. When Satan fell, God created hell so that Satan can be kept there. Hell is a domain where God keeps, you know, the worst things, things that are separated from him. That is where God keeps them, not even the earth, hell. And hell is, as much as it's a realm and a domain, that is not the final judgment. Because even hell itself, that realm, and all the inhabitants of that realm will be cast into the lake of fire. That is when hell itself will be tormented and the devil and all of it. Satan is in hell. It doesn't mean he's getting tormented. It's, a, it's their hotel. Hotel. So they can move around in hell. But human being was not designed for that kind of realm. So when a soul, human soul gets a, it gets tormented. But are you getting what I'm saying? But you see the demons they can play. It's not a convenient place compared to where they were coming from. But at least it's a very good stopgap for them. Eventually hell will be judged. All that is in hell will be judged. And they will be cast into the lake of fire. That is when Satan itself will suffer. But now he's not suffering. The only suffering he has is the one that you imposed on him. When you send him away and then, you know, cut short his operations and all of that. He gets angry and and, and then misbehave. So 
Hell is not a place for your soul. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Hell is not a place for your it's not a place for your soul. But everybody that is born of Adam who is of the whole creation definitely is going to hell. But hell is not even the place. The final place is the lake of fire. Have you seen a lake before? Have you seen molten magma from a volcano before? How, you know, the thing will be doing like this, like liquid, like solid, and then between volcano. Uh, that's what a lake of fire looks like. You can imagine somebody immersed there. Oh, this our head that we have in our head will oh, everybody in here will have Gurima Pastor definitely. Because you can approach the heat, you're you're Gurima Well you will know. Ah, it's you. Ah you sing that song, okay. <laughs> Praise God. You see, if you don't understand the gravity of these things, you will cry, even for your families. You will cry for people. Because eventually some of them will be in hell where there will be no more repentance. I mean, the possibility of repentance is off. There are people who have been involved themselves in all kinds of stuff, I know, rejected the gospel, and today they are dead. And many of you have their memories, and when you put them on your status, you said, I'm missing you. If they are in hell, don't miss them. Because there is nothing that can be done about it. It is human being that suffers grief. When a man leaves his world, he goes to face his judgment. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So those of us who are saved, please hold your salvation very tight. Let me tell you, all the breakthroughs that you can have in this world, all the affluence and all of it, nothing in it compares to hell. Nothing in it compares to heaven. Nothing. All of the fame that you can desire. All of it. You know what will happen to this world eventually? It will melt away. It will melt away. I saw a particular country and they were talking about the temperature in that country, how things were melting, robbers were melting. I just shook my head. I said, it's coming close. The ozone layer that they tell you, all this emission and all of that, you know, that is happening around the world. Now it's a sign. The world, this world, all this building, all this skyscraper, it will just melt away under the heat that is coming over this world. You know why? When Adam saying, the Bible says, Sin entered into this world and death came in by sin. So this world is so corrupted and God does not have a plan to repair it. Are you listening? The world is corrupted and God does not even have a plan not just to repair it but to redeem it. God did not redeem the world. What we are doing now is that when he now inserted us into the world, he said, for the time being, you will be the light of the world. You are a light because the world is in darkness. You know, sometimes, you know, you show, you show, you know, pics mix of Nigeria at night, maybe in the UK at night, or US, and you see light in the entire United States, and you look at Nigeria, and Nigeria already looks like darkness. You get it? Now, what I'm trying to say is that regardless of the brightness, the light, whether it flick out or not in the US, God regard this world to be in darkness. And it says, you are the light of the world. So anytime I want to do something in the world, I have to look through you. And anytime I want to preserve the world for a time being, I have to preserve the world through the church. So the church is the light of the world and the church is the salt of the earth. Jesus didn't just say that to make you feel good like you are the wealth of nation. He was telling you the character of the new creation of, as far as the earth is concerned and the functions of the new creation as far as the earth is concerned that you are the one preserving the world. That is why after rapture, this world will not survive 70 years. It will destroy. So after rapture, 70 years max, it will destroy. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying? Open your Bible with me to the book of Ephesians. Let me just read this. I'm jumping because of time. Ephesians chapter 1. Somebody stay with me. Um, I'm reading verse 19. It says, And was the exceeding greatness of his power towards those who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and had put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now listen to me. The Bible says God put all things. Look at, say all things. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If your heart is flooded with the revelation of Jesus, let me tell you, disrespect be the last thing that is on your mind to Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You know, we just call his name I mean, anyhow, it says, hey, Jesus. You just call on me. You don't understand who Jesus is. Interestingly, dominions, powers, principles, they know what you don't know. If Jesus shows up to you in your room and you're able to talk to him, he allows you to talk to him. His presence alone will disintegrate your system. If he does not temper. See, the Jesus that comes to you in the morning and advises you and says, don't do that. Ah. Is a loving Jesus. Now, the the, the, irony, the holy symmetry of this personhood of God is what is amazing that as holy as he is, he can be far from us and at the same time, a father, he can be so close to us. It's an amazing how God is able to combine that too. The Bible referred to it as the beauty of his holiness. How can he be holy that he cannot behold sin and dwell in a vessel that is written with sin? It's the beauty. It's, it's amazing. When I read this scripture, and I was, I was talking to my wife about Jesus yesterday, I didn't know when I started crying. I mean, tears. Because if you understand what it means, that is, God put all things under him. The galaxies and the government. Under him. And the Bible says that he made him to be the head over the church. He said the fullness of him that filled all in all. What it means that Jesus is the head. And this is how he operates. That anything God wants to do on the earth, he would have to do it through Jesus. He said we are the fullness of him that filled all. This is how God fills the earth. He fills the earth through the church. Now what it means is this. There are things that Jesus will never be able to achieve for the church. When we understand this you will now know that you can pray God into your locality and there will be peace in your environment. Because the way Jesus functions is through his body on the earth. It is through his body. The same way Adam would have been functioning. That through the body of Adam. Even though he's in the garden. He's in somewhere far from Lokoja. Yet his body in Lokoja will still dominate. The same mandate that God gave him in the garden of Eden. Will still be in operational as far as Abuja is. Whether it is in Miami or it is in Lagos. Jamin, wherever you are. It will still be able to dominate. So there is no Jesus on the earth without the church. If you understand this, you can tell any demon. I mean, that understanding, looking at the demon, he will not even stand. Because he knows you know. You look at the demon, shows up at night, and you tell the demon that you know that you don't have permission to function here. The devil knows. At whatever level. If you know that Jesus, 
that has your authority over all powers and principalities cannot function but by you, then you will now understand how much Jesus conferred on us. When I look about, when I think about him, the Bible said the body of him that filleth all in all. So Jesus can be in Nazareth through individuals. Jesus in the industry, in the music industry through individuals. So the Jesus that the world is going to see is you and I. The body of him that fills all in all. I mean, if, if you stay long with this kind of meditation, one day God may allow you to test it and you see an unclean spirit. You don't even have to say anything. The unclean spirit knows. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That you already know that he had made him to be the head over principalities. He made him to be the head ruler. Now, he's the head of the church. He's the head over every other thing. Now, that is even looking like, see, okay, God is fighting his enemy. The Bible says, in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, Jesus is the embodiment of the authority of the Spirit and the Father. If you understand what God has done in Christ, are you listening to what I'm saying? You, for it, when they are talking about Jesus, we say his name with reverence. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You will say his name. You know, as I stood, I discovered that in the name of Jesus does not mean that you have to say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it's an authority that is conferred on your person. That the things that you do, you do it in his name. You know with an understanding that you are not lifting up your hands in any other name. So, we, you know, not only you say, Father, I lift up my hands in the name of Jesus. It's an understanding that is within you that is infused into your activities. You know that you are showing up in the name of a king. Because you can say in the name of Jesus without the understanding. But when you have understanding, you will just look at things. You know that every step that you are taking, you are taking in the name of Jesus. It therefore means that all the devils that have been tormenting you in your dreams, God is waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for you to command them and do something about it. And then you are saying, God, do something about it. You remember Kenneth Hagin's story, how Jesus was talking to him in a vision, and there was a demon that came in between a monkey like, and it was making some yakti yakti kind of, you know, a statement, and everything, every place became foggy, like a vortex of smoke or evil, and then he said, the more intense the vortex was, the less he could hear Jesus, and he was thinking in himself that Jesus do something, and this is devil, do something. He said, Jesus understood what he was thinking, he said to him that, I have given you all the authority, you do something about it. Is somebody listening to me? Praise the Lord. So when, when man fell, sin came into the world and death followed sin. And death began to reign. Amen. Now, this death that followed sin now began to multiply, I mean manifest in two ways. Spiritual death and physical death. That is the authority, you know, that death brought into the world. As far as anybody is born of Adam, that person dies spiritually. And the death can take the person away physically. So death reigned. But look at what God did. So from the beginning, God already planned the redemption of mankind when man fell. And he said unto Satan, immediately God asked Adam, Have you eaten of the tree that I said, you know, he said, yes. I mean, he said, the woman that you gave me. And he asked the woman, he said, serpent. God did not ask devil anything. He knows the devil very well. So there was no... 
explanation from the devil. It was not a cross-examination. He just told them. He said, I will put enmity between your, you and this woman and your seed and the seed of this woman. And he shall bruise his head and he shall bruise your head. So God began to plan the redemption of man from the fall of man. The redemption of man will be that the woman will produce someone who produce a child and that child eventually will be the one that will destroy all that Satan had gained by the fall of man. So that plan was kickstarted from the first day that the judgment came upon you know, the world through the sin of Adam. Then God began to preserve them. Violence hits the head in such a way that God should have destroyed this earth. Let me tell you, the opportunity God had to destroy and annihilate the earth was the opportunity he had in the days of Noah. But he preserved Noah and Noah found grace in his sight and preserved Noah because of his own plan. Are you listening to what I'm saying? As righteous as the Bible declared Noah, God could have killed him and start all over again. After all, the old world was buried in water. Then God, he created it in Genesis chapter 1. Then God would have done that again and create again. Are you getting what I'm saying? And recreated another man. But because he already had a plan in Genesis chapter 3 when he said that this woman will produce. So God needed to preserve the human race and he preserved Noah and his family and man kept on multiplying and kept producing sin and all of that. What eventually happened was that God now looked at the man Abraham and began to separate Abraham unto himself. So the purpose of God having a physical nation, spiritual, a physical nation Israel, was because he wanted to preserve a nation that will eventually produce the, the seed that will eventually bruise the head of the devil. So he took Abraham unto himself. Then from Abraham, you know, produced a nation. Isaac, Jacob produced a nation. Then the nation became the nation of Israel. Then after a while, then Jesus came from that lineage, from that family. Jesus was born. And when Jesus was born, God ensured that it was the flesh of human, but yet his spirit was by the word. Are you listening? Because if Joseph had had interaction, sexual interaction with Mary and had produced anybody, that person would have died by default. Are you listening? So God ensured that the flesh that will come and die for the world will be someone that is blemished, I mean, without blemish. So John said in John 1, 29, he said, when Jesus came, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And what happened was that Jesus went through certain sufferings. You see, sufferings, agony, and he became obedient unto death. Now, the Bible says he became obedient unto death. Not just any death, the death of the cross. Because if you die by hanging, you were cursed. And there was already a curse. So we needed to redeem. And God's process of redemption was almost like the same process of condemnation. What it did was that because sin came by one man. And sin passed upon all men. And death and condemnation passed upon all men. Romans chapter 5. If you study it from beginning to the end. Sin passed upon all men. God also said that the same way sin passed upon all men, will righteousness pass upon all men. Are you listening to what I'm saying? However, Jesus needed to die spiritually as well. Because the Bible already said the soul that sinned shall die. So Jesus himself had to die spiritually. To be born again. To be rebirthed, he had to die. So at what point did he die? The Bible said he that knew no sin became sin for us. 
So at a point in the journey of Jesus, he took on the personality of sin. Not just that he took on sin, he became sin because God needed to judge sin. So at the point in the life of Jesus, God substituted Jesus for sin of mankind. And he needed to judge. And that was when Jesus was on the cross. At some point he cried, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? It was the agony of death. The real agony of death for Jesus was not that he died. If a man dies, there's no agony. He's gone somewhere. Are you listening? But the real agony of death was what he suffered. The same thing Abraham, Adam suffered. But Adam suffered it because he had not really matured in his work with God. All he had was shame, fear, and then, and then shame, fear, and nakedness. But in the days of Jesus, when the spirit man was separated, not because he sinned, but because the father was judging him for the sin of everybody. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Not because he sinned. Adam sinned. And it was the last Adam, Jesus, that suffered the consequences of that sin. You know, when that one sinned, God still called that one and covered the body, you know, and covered his shame. But this one, Jesus was stuck naked on the cross. The Romans won't crucify you with clothes wrapped. You know, the Jesus you used to see and you wrap. History has it that the Romans will crucify you stark naked. Oh, goodness God, what a shame. What a shame. Because if he did not die spiritually the way he came to the world, it would have not been possible for him to die physically. Even if they beat him from now till then, he would not be able to die. Are you getting me? So he died spiritually. Now, when he died spiritually, what God did was that he was his suffering and his death in the mind of God. This is the operation of God's faith. Is that all of us are suffering with him. All that will come through him, they have suffered. So to God, he paid the price, you paid the price. When you accept him, everything he paid, you paid it as well. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So when he died, then he died physically, then he went to hell. And Jesus said, he said, you will not allow my soul to be left there. And my body will not see corruption. And when he was in hell, for however long he stayed in hell, are you getting what I'm trying to say? He went there. Let me say this. When Jesus died spiritually, Of course, he couldn't have gone to heaven. Hell was the next place because he was separated from God. But there was something in hell that he needed to take. He's going to hell also had a mission. Because when Satan took the authority, are you getting what I'm saying? Or from Adam, he kept it in hell. <laughs> are you listening? So the location for the document that Satan collected, the file, are you getting me? That Satan collected from the devil. And the authority to decide who dies and who does not die. That authority came on the devil. It was kept in hell. So Jesus going to hell, he needed to go and collect it. And now this is the news. Because I'm wondering at what point did Jesus had the power to start collecting. So Jesus had the power while he was staying in hell. It wasn't when he was raised from the dead. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And the power that God gave him in hell was the righteousness. He was raised because he became righteous from the grave. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It wasn't when he was raised. He became righteous. 
God imputed, haven't paid the price, God imputed righteousness. When that came upon him, then he was restored back. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Because he was the first begotten from the dead, not when he was raised from the dead. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It was in hell that God saved his spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because he still spent time. The Bible says he went to preach to the spirits, the prisoners, the spirits in hell. In, in, I mean, I mean in, in prison. He went to preach. You know why? You know, like I said, hell is a place that God constructed and it has several apartments. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You see, all our fathers of faith, with all that they did, they could not go ascend to heaven. They couldn't even go to a place God prepared for them. But in that location, not far from hell, as Jesus talked about the parable of a man who was thirsty, and he said Abraham was beholding the man, so it was something that he could see. But where Abraham was called Abraham Boston was a place that was not as terrible as that. Yet, Abraham was still in prison. Are you listening to what I'm saying? All of them, they were kept there. They had their life, their spirit had been perfected as it were, but they were kept there because they could not live there. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So Jesus went to go and preach to them that all the prophets you people have been saying have come. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he opened the prison gate. When he opened the prison gate, the Bible says physically men began to see. They saw people who were dead. Saying, they saw them. So someone just came and said, hey, how are you? How are you? He said, hey, this is our forefather. This is this and that and that. They saw them for a moment and they went to wherever God went to keep them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They came out, and yet Jesus himself was still there. So what was he doing? He needed to take the authority of hell, I mean of death, hell, everything. He needed to take it from the devil. See, if you understand this, you will know that you will not die shamelessly. You know that death is not something that, is just, that just comes on people. They said some people were driving, and they had an accident. It was planned, approved. Are you getting what I'm saying? Bishop said one time he was sick and he found himself in somewhere, I mean, dying. And he was telling himself, well, what am I doing here? Satan, you don't have the authority. You don't have the authority. You know? He said, well, he was saying, God now told him, David, what are you doing there? He said, I don't know. I mean, somebody is and telling the devil that you don't have the authority. If, don't let the devil deceive you. Are you getting what I'm trying to He doesn't have authority to kill. Don't just say, we don't know when we will die. No, we are not going to die anyhow. Even though we don't know when we are going to die, it was difficult for Paul to use the word death for the people who were born again. Every time we say they were asleep, he said concerning those that were asleep, concerning those that were asleep, concerning those that were asleep. He saw death as a passage to the next phase of life. So when God imputed righteousness, Jesus came back from the dead for spiritual death. He came back from the spiritual death. It was in hell that all of this transaction happened. Then he came out of the grave. Back to his body. But this, this time around, a different body for the new spirit. That was how the new creation was forged. The new creation was not forged in heaven. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The new creation was forged where the whole creation was taken. So the Bible calls him that he was the first begotten from the dead. So Jesus was the first to be born again. Because he died spiritually. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He needed also to be born again spiritually. And this time around the new creation came. And the new creation came with an instruction that everyone who believes that he suffered for their sake. 
who accept, accepts him as the Lord and the Savior, they also, something happens to their spirit. Their spirit is recreated. So Christ became like a ram. He became like a location that new creations are born. So the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, are you listening to what I'm saying? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things, the old one that was in existence, that was separated from God, that old one had passed away. He said, behold, all things have become new. That was what happened. That is what we call born again. So when we are telling somebody to be born again, in Christ, let me tell you, in Christ, God had redeemed the world. In Christ, everybody had the potential for the need to become the new creation. But only in where? In Christ. Only where? Only where? So you are either of the old stock, the old creation, or you are of the new creation. And the attitude of God to the new creation is different from the attitude of God to the old creation. Are you getting me? To the new creation, one of the things that God does, the Bible said, if then you are the children of God, then you are heirs of God. You are joint heirs with Christ. The word joint heir, my wife is a lawyer. You understand? Maybe she'll be able to explain to us what the joint heir means. It therefore means that you are co-owner. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You want to say something about it? Praise God. Okay, so the um, Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. It means that everything Jesus has, you have access to. In fact, the translation of KJV says joint heirs. I think it's even more apt than co heirs. An example in law, there's, if you say both of us, maybe this is our dad, our dad gives, uh, buys a property and says we, are, you know, we both own it, we are joint owners. What it means is that every part of this pulpit belongs to you and I. So, there is no, it's not one partition. We can't even say half. Let's say this. You can't say half of the pulpit. This is your half. This is my half. There is no your half. There is no my half. Every part of it is for you and I. So the same thing when you say we are jointed. Everything Christ has, you have. So there is no, this is for Jesus. This is for you. Together. It's so apt that where, if, for example, one of us leaves the picture in the black dies or something, that's under the, the issue of law. You, the other person inherits everything. So it's not only a case of my, your, my own, if I die, my own children can't even take because both of us own it jointly. So that's so everything Jesus has, you have. There's no keda in the access. Praise the Lord. You know what it means? I can use his name. Are you getting me? Because one of the things that Jesus inherited from God was a name above all names. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? It therefore means that I can use this name. This is the foundation for casting out devils. You can use my ATM. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We are joined hands with him. I mean, the attitude of God is that when Jesus prays and you pray, he sees you like Jesus. How will this impact on our prayer life? Are you listening now? Your prayer is not like the prayer of Elijah who called on fire. God pays attention to your prayer that is prayed in his name than he paid on the attention 
the prayer that Elijah prayed that called on fire. And the Bible calls it, if the ministration of death was that glorious, how much more shall the ministration of the Spirit exceed in glory? Is this not part of our foundation now? We're having difficulty praying. Getting resolved in prayer because these are the basics of our prayers. We are going before the Lord like Elijah is going before the Lord. No, you don't go before the Lord like Elijah went. Did he call down fire? He called down fire. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But God pays attention. Elijah didn't have the name of Jesus to pray. And yet he stopped, he stopped rain. Elijah didn't have the name of Jesus to pray. He called rain. We have the name of Jesus. If you understand this, let me tell you, you'll be in the place of prayer and all you are saying is Jesus. You are just saying Jesus. You are saying Jesus. Because every time you are saying Jesus, the Father is paying attention. Why? Because if Jesus had showed up, the Father will be there, pay attention. And we are inheritors of that name. We are co-owners of his personality. Not just his name, his personality. So the father can't see Jesus without seeing me. I am hidden in Christ. The Bible says my life is hidden in him. Paul said the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. So I don't have a life. If you ask me where is your life, I don't have a life. I share the same life with Jesus. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. This constitutes the foundation of our work with God. And yet, we will leave that and pursue after esoteric knowledge and information and forget the foundation. So we are becoming more ineffective with more knowledge because the foundations are missing. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name above all names. 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 The name Jesus is not just any name. You know what Peter said? He said there is no other name given under heaven by which a man can be saved. I don't care how somebody behaves righteous with the name of another religion. I know Jesus is different. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The devil knows I know the name of Jesus. See, it is... see. Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Are you listening? The mansions means dwellings. Dwellings. So in heaven, there are dwellings. And each dwelling has unique civilization. Each dwelling has its own transport system. Resource economy has. So there are many dwellings in God. Jesus now said, but I go to prepare a place for you. It therefore means that Moses was never in that dwelling place. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It therefore means that men of old never touched it because it was not in existence until Christ left to prepare that place. And that place is what is called Christ. It's a dwelling. It is our secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. So this dwelling of Jesus is the, is the most resourceful, blessed, civilized part of entire heaven. The deep heaven. You know why? It is at the right hand of the Father. 
And the Bible said, if you suffer with him, you also will raise with him. Sit there together with him in heavenly places, far above principalities. It is not above, far above principalities. Satan knows you don't know this thing, so he comes to harass. Are you listening? Because the way God designed that our faith, our life should work is that he does things legally that become vital when we have knowledge of it. Is a grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge. So you, you begin to have experiential, ex, I mean, of, I mean, I mean, ex, power in, interaction with these things when you begin to have spiritual knowledge of these things. So they can be in existence and ignorance can alienate you from manifestation of those things. Are you listening? The day I read Satan Get Laws by Bishop David Oedipo, and I read that man is far in Christ. I am far above powers and principalities. I read it. See, there are people who have encounters with demons and demons slap them. There are people that will never have that encounter because they dwell in a place. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not everybody that... See, that is why you can't make doctrine of a demon slapping you. You can't. Because you are not dwelling in the same place. Even in Christ, we dwell by light. So the intensity of your light determines what comes to you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Everything is light. But the Bible said the greater light ruled by day. And the lesser light ruled by night. Are you listening? So there is a lesser light that will still allow a measure of darkness. But there is a greater light that causes darkness to disintegrate. So the more you are lighted, are you getting what I'm trying to say? The more you manifest this sonship that we have become through Jesus. And the Bible said it was the first begotten of the dead so that it can have many brothers. It can be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus was not just firstborn of all creation. He was the firstborn begotten from the dead. He was the head over principalities and, and powers, dominions, and everything called authority in galaxy and government. He is also the head of the church. He's the head in all things. So the devil knows when you know. Are you listening? The devil knows when you know. So when I read this book, Satan get lost, and I downloaded, my spirit man was elated. And then, you know, when you are coming from my kind of house, where you have witches raising you, feeding you with potato every morning to school, at a point you wanted to turn mad. Are you listening? And then you, you already know, if you are coming from my kind of place, by default, you have inherited witches and wizards. And then, whether you are born again or not, they still come to assault you, but I rest it and get lost. And there I read it that I was far above. So in the night, I had a dream. In that dream, a screen was placed before me like a projector, and I saw a warrior, and the warrior was commanding a beast to go. And I saw the way the warrior was doing it. Go, and it goes. He said, come, and it comes. And when it was that, I saw another person who went to go and dress, wanted to do this. Then I woke up. Oh, when I woke up, I said, Jesus, the what I read in this book had implicated my spirit in a way. That affected me in a way. So I now said, let me pray a little. And I started speaking in tongues. I, the devil was already in that room because it was the most difficult tongues. He paradoka. Yeah, 45 minutes, I was still dragging tongues like you are eating garian bread. He borate kukatiadua. No, 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 no. I was not even speaking this kind of tongue there. My tongue there was still barabababababa. Hey, they bo 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 bo. He mama 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 mama. He brother brother brother. Sister sister. I mean, he was just talking. Then after the while, I said, Go, let me just lay in this bed. I didn't know that the devil was there. I said, I laid on the bed, facing the door. And suddenly I began to have this presence. They used to come in my father's house in those days. When they come, they'll be three. When they come, if I see them, they'll be three. And when they come, I will not be able to talk until they go. When this presence became more intense and closer to me, 
And all I, could, all I read in that book did not distill to my mind. It came to my spirit and there was a conclusion. Because if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. So all I said was that no devil. I just could not imagine that I would be in the same room with the devil. It was knowledge that did that. As you get what I'm, there was no way I would be in that room. And the devil would have the audacity to sit with me in the room. I read about Spent Wiggles' word. One day he was in his house and his house was in, I mean, shaking and everything in disarray. He was hearing sounds and he came down with his lantern and he was looking for what was happening. And he saw the devil sitting on the rocking chair and he said, Oh, it was you. And he went back to sleep. You can't hear that kind of testimony. You will look for all the witches in your village and say, Where are the witches? Bishop said, When he read it, that it was far above powers and principalities, he said he went for a meeting on 1979. And when he got there, he said, All the witches here stand up. He said, and they stood up. And he said, no, sit down. I'm not saying those of you that dream of flying. I mean, you are true witches. And he said, stand up. He said, and they stood up. There were many. Are there witches in this place? Kaya. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? No, where are you going? You're not a witch. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So in that, I just said, I just said, I said, no devil can come and visit me in my room. No, I mean, it was a statement that was verified. There was no name of Jesus. I, that was it. You, you, I was doing it in the name. I said no devil can come and visit me in my room. And suddenly the presence fizzled out. But guess what? The presence of God came in. And I had liquor. Liquor. It was a very interesting encounter. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And I remember that when Satan left him, angels came and ministered to him. All the barriers that Satan is creating between you and God, you send them away. Or you do that in the name of Jesus. The new creation is someone that has been exalted far above witches and wizards. Principalities and powers. That is who you are in Christ. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The new creation. God sees you as Christ. He sees Christ as you. There is no difference between Christ and you. He's the same by the judgment of God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? If you are praying, Jesus is praying. If Jesus is praying, you are praying. You are the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Because Christ became the heirs of God and you have become joint heirs with him. You co-own the authority that God gave him. So when Jesus said that all powers in heaven and on earth has been given to me, go in my name. He was not doing it out of his love. He was doing it out of a legal standing. We had retained a local standard with him to co-own it. He was not just out of a gesture of romance. And you get it? It was from the decree of heaven. What you have become. He said, go, use my name. In my name, you will cast out devils. In my name, you will speak with new tongues. Somebody who is not speaking in tongues can just say, Father, I speak in the name of Jesus. And he gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will come in his name. Everything heaven does for him is done in his name. You are still sitting down there. What are you going to do with that name? If you have any devil tormenting you so far, begin to call the name of Jesus. Your deliverance is now. Call the name of Jesus. Call the name of Jesus. 
somebody you will shout the name of Jesus seven times and you will see the hand of God in your life you will see the hand of God in your in your life in your career in your business you shout the name of Jesus call 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 the name of Jesus shout the name Jesus shout the name Jesus oh Jesus Oh Jesus, 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 oh Jesus. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, and the Baladia Catavaladia, and Baladia Teva, and Pradia Catavaladia, Randa de Baladiaca, and Catabaladiata, Randa Baladiata, and Lepradia Taga, and Catoporodiata, and Galabaladiata. I call you Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus. No greater name, no greater name, no greater power. In the name of Jesus, Nigeria will see light. In the name of Jesus, corruption will be far from Nigeria. In the name of Jesus, Nigeria will see light. Nigeria will see light. We speak to the third heavens. In the name of Jesus, Emparada Katavalaria. And Bladia Clapodia Dega, and Gladia Doshaba, Rakata Valadia Dega, Ekatebeladia Taparadia De, Eklapradia Doshaba, Eparadia Da. The name has power. Begin to experience the power of God. Experience the power of God in the name of Jesus. In every area of your life, the power of God. Life restored. Hope restored. Joy restored. Body part restored. Health restored. Health restored. Health restored. Ekatapaladia. Every part of your body that you need intervention. Put your hands on that body. I said in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let there be restoration. Let there be restoration. Let there be restoration. Restoration of missing body parts. Restoration of joy. Restoration of hope. Restoration of blessings. You are living here with a miracle. You are not living here the same. Change is in your body. Change is in your spirit. Change is in your soul. You will not be the same anymore. You will not be the same. In the name that is above every other name. In the name that is above every other name. Akatadiata. Etadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadad
Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every Pasha here and be gone. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you have hearing problem, you have hearing problem, put your hand in that air. If you have hearing impairment of any kind, put your hand in the air. Kalanda Pradia Katashka Pradida. Ekedebelia Krado Baladia Dea. Ekla Pradia Toshke Baradia Da. Ekatebelia da Pradia da. Ekatablaria da Pradia Kadashkaba. Ebledia da Baradia Dea. Ekla Pradia da. Every area problem in the name of Jesus be gone. In the name of Jesus be gone. In the name of Jesus be gone. Every pain in that air. I command you go. In the name of Jesus. I command you go. In the name of Jesus. I command you go. In the name of Jesus. I command you go. In the name of Jesus. Do business with the name. Do business with your destiny in the name. Transact tonight this morning in the name. Do business. Do business with God. Do business with God. That currency of acceptance. The name is the currency of acceptance. This is the hope of your invitation. This is the hope of your calling. Ecatalia de Radia Cold and the Holy Spirit. 